January 26th, 1925. Paul Newman is born. His amniotic fluid is mostly zesty Italian. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And joining us once again is show favorite, just the best, Janae Burris, everyone. Hi. Happy birthday to me. It's my birthday uh, today, the 26th, same as Paul Newman. Oh, hey. Oh. And yeah. Ellen DeGeneres. My friend Marissa, also her birthday today. Um, who else's birthday is it today? My stepfather. Probably at least oh, one hey. serial killer, by uh, statistically, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I was looking I through the list. I only know cool people born on January 26th. So I don't know. <laughs> serial killer is not really our thing. There was an amateur wrestler I saw on Wikipedia. I can't remember his name. Um... Well, very notable. Yes, <laughs> amateur wrestler. You can't remember his name. I don't think we're gonna know it either. Most fourth make graders, it up. Make it up. Most no most fourth grade uh, Eagle Rock are... Jones. It was not that far off from. I that. know some good amateur wrestlers, by the way. But most fourth graders are <laughs> technically amateur wrestlers. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just monopolizing that kid wrestling. Circuit. All you have to do is wrestle and not get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of volunteer wrestling. That's a total uh, <laughs> volunteer. No, that's wrestling for, a cause. for exposure. Well, basically. wait, do you even have to say the amateur part? Because, like, am I an amateur comic? Because no one knows me, and I get paid <laughs> sometimes. You get paid sometimes. That makes you a professional comic, or at least a semi-professional, at the very minimum. Semi-professional. Okay, I can live with semi-professional because I don't feel like I'm speaking too highly of myself, and we don't want to get caught doing that ever. I remember this, so the time that, like, someone slid me my first, like, drink ticket and free appetizer. I was like, cool. Professionalism. Ah! Updated your Facebook, huh? Yeah. My, no, my LinkedIn. I'm a professional oh, now. <laughs> Sorry, the website. So this semi-professional, is this a wrestler who maybe got paid? Um, now I have to look it up. Um, now okay. we gotta give this dude a shout out. We might know this guy. Every, month, every lots week of on this podcast, we look up a different amateur wrestler. <laughs> he may have been pro. I, I was like going off the notion that I would know the name of every pro wrestler, what but makes that's him not pro, true. Though. What makes him pro? Is that like the difference between supermodel and a model? Is that the difference between porn star and. <laughs> and, and yeah, what's. I think like there's a more hardcore version hardcore of porn, porn star. Porn <laughs> <laughs> or just like amateur, amateur porn, porn star. I think yeah, that is like, the term. I think there's, there's no amateur point. porn star. If you're doing <laughs> if you're doing soft core, I think they still call you like an actress or actress. like a model ah. or something. Porn star. But then you get into like more hardcore right. stuff, and you are a porn star. So if you're working mainly in like Cinemax or like right, okay. If you're like are in a movie on Cinemax that's like it has to do with time travel, and there's about thirty minutes between erotica. You're probably an actress. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. <laughs> I'm glad and you it's said called erotica like Rebecca of, travels like, the fucking travels the waste. I'd whatever. watch that. I'd also audition for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not um, above time traveling for Cinemax. Yeah, if I saw a jumbled when I was in fourth grade, if I tried to turn on Cinemax and watch through the jumbled, because you could still kind of see yeah. through the static back in the day, kids. Coming of you age, <laughs> coming yeah. of age, coming. Yeah, we didn't even have we didn't have cable, but like sometimes if you were between channels, yeah. Kids Any- now just have the internet, I guess. But back in the day, that's what we had. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw Judith Light in a porn when I was a kid. <laughs> I have it stuck in my head for Wait. the last thirty years. <laughs> What if there was this great gaslighting where all these famous actresses were behind the scrambled Cinemax porn and now everyone just pretends it doesn't didn't happen? <laughs> yeah, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> I mean, I'd say Helen Mirren, but like yeah, Caligula exists. Oh, that's Caligula. not even a joke. I mean, mm. Helen Mirren's still hot right now, so yeah. That's true. Helen Mirren is never not hot. Um also, the wrestler's yeah, name... Yeah, that's her new sitcom. Yeah. Uh, wrestler's name is Road Warrior Hawk. Oh, he must have... Was this before or after the Mad Max film of the same name? Uh, this would have been after... Uh, never mind. He's a fucking son. Late 80s to mid-90s. <laughs> um, 
You may remember him from the ECW's premiere event, November to Remember. Uh, okay, so he was on t- uh, yeah. televised uh, wrestling. That yeah, makes him a tell pro. me this guy played Lord Humongous in Mad Max Road Warrior. He did not. I and can then became... basically guarantee you. Mm. Yeah, sorry. You uh, seemed genuinely disappointed in that. His name is Road Warrior. It would have been a great tie-in. <laughs> Wait, did we say what we actually do on the show? I was Googling wrestlers. All right. This is a show where we Google wrestlers and then we talk about what movies they should have been in. <laughs> I think that's the second fake premise. We've... Uh, all right. So in this show, what we actually do has very little to do with wrestling. Seldom, if ever, I might say. So I understand. Slightly if less you wanna... to do with scrambled porn. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to turn off now, I understand. But uh, I know the we people look... were misled. <laughs> yeah. Get over to Lucha Libre yeah, and we... laughs. <laughs> You're done here. Um, oh, I have one. Now that we're talking about wrestling, I do have a... Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to be nice <laughs> to all wrestlers now. I, I regret anything bad I said about wrestlers just now. Um, all right. So what we do is we look at a person or event from history, and one person on the show gives an accurate, true account of that person or event, and the second person gives a... Batshit crazy bananas version. The government doesn't want you to know account of that person or event. And at the end of the episode, we vote on which becomes the true history of this great big spinning blue marble called the earth going forward. And that's the premise of the show. And last week, last two weeks ago, I should one fortnight ago, that'll attract <laughs> Hashtag Fortnite. We got some teen listeners now. <laughs> Do um, we? Yeah, they they just have Google alerts for podcasts that mention Fortnites. Just <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> for reference, I did spell it N I T E. I think that's how it's spelled in the game. Oh my god! Um, I got to read up on Fortnite. Uh, okay. I have no idea what have the hell it games. is. You college don't even know what coming. Fortnite is. No, I know I get like promoted vid- like videos of people playing Fortnite in my Twitter. For- does seem like you would know what Fortnite is. I it really does. I I understand that, but I don't. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm po- Jay. Do you know what Fortnite is? I know that people watch it. That my nephews okay. watch it. It's official. <laughs> I am the most hip with the teens. I'm, I'm playing. F- I, I watch I, people play it. I mean, I know it's I'm a video aware game. Of Fortnite. I watch Riverdale with my girlfriend. <laughs> I've dabbed before. Wait, what don't I do? Wait, which which kind of both? Every, oh, okay, cool. All. What's your favorite K-pop? Group? Yeah, exactly. Here's uh, a fucking medal. It says Teen Boy. Like. <laughs> Love teen boys. <laughs> when I was in high school, when I was in high school, Brian and my friends, mutual friend John Shapiro, gave us a Korean ska song called "Ato Ichinen" on a playlist, and I think I still have it oh. on my iPod. So there you go. All right. Yep. Uh-huh. Younger than it's all. So that also gives you a glimpse into Zach Powers and I in high school <laughs> and the sort of shit we were into. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. Particularly the first part. Regardless, last time we talked about Amelia Earhart, speaking of people who lost their way somewhere in their lives. <laughs> um, God damn it. And uh, we had uh, the wonderful with uh, Lizzie Wilson on to uh, give the alternate version for that. But we're trying to be responsible and record in advance for once, so we don't know what the fuck won. <laughs> so you're going to have to wait and see on the next episode to see which version of Amelia Earhart's life uh, came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, though, we are discussing uh, Boston Corbett mm-hmm. this week, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I believe that Brian has signed up to do the actual history. Yes, indeed. And Janae is going to give us uh, the actual, actual history after he's concluded. It's not so far uh, off. <laughs> it's not so far off. I mean, I uh, I checked it out and uh, we might have some similar stuff. Uh, I like to get my proper history mm-hmm. from my um, 1986 edition of a, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Sure. It's still oh, good. It's like Guinness now, Book of World Records. No. <laughs> 
Encyclopedia Britannica. That's, that's I still have a few of the letters left. So. What I usually do is, to get my alternate histories, I check Fortnite chat, and then I check uh, scrambled softcore porn. <laughs> And like, no, I'm doing research. It's research. Get out. Don't look at me. Uh, But before we get to um, the Encyclopedia Britannica, the intelligent version of what happened, I guess Brian (laughs) can give us the common Wikipedia man's version of Boston Corbett, if you're ready, Brian. Yeah, this is straight up a whole bunch of Wikipedia. I feel like I'm so biased already. Hey there. This is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Corbett, uh, later Boston Corbett, was born uh, in London in 1832, moved to New York in 1840, uh, settled upstate in the... Don't hear Boston yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he gets there. Mm-hmm. Um Settled in upstate near Troy, New York, and began working as a hatter, um, which at the time meant that he was exposed to mercury nitrate a lot. Yeah. Um, Was he, does, yeah, was his sanity level ever remarked upon? um, I, I was going to ask if you had read anything about him beforehand, and now I know because he... Went batshit, basically. I read one sentence. I know the thing he is most famous right. for. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are in for a treat. <laughs> um, so, uh, and the mercury was used to, like, treat fur to make felt. And it was known to, like, cause hallucinations, psychosis, and twitching. Um, which the twitching was also known as the Hatter's Shakes. Mm. Um, That's, uh, for all you, uh... All you dumb shits out there who didn't go to the IMDb trivia section for Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) That's why the Mad Hatter is the Mad Hatter. (laughs) Yeah, of course, the original version of Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, the Uh, definitive version, I would say. mm -hmm. Uh, Um, So he moves to New York City and marries, but uh, his wife and child both die uh, during... Uh, during childbirth, um, he moves to Boston and is homeless for a while and starts drinking heavily. Uh, but then a street preacher uh, gets him to join the Methodist Episcopal Church. Now, that's like an amateur wrestler, right? Yeah, this it's is the, the amateur. It's the backyard wrestling of preachers, basically. <laughs> it's a busker meets a preacher. It's incredibly obnoxious. Um, so he stops drinking basically immediately. Uh, he changes his name to Boston at this point, uh, after the city in which he was saved. The other parishioners refer to him as the glory. Not after the band. No, not after the band. Um, mm-hmm. After the after the cream pie he loves so much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> other parishioners refer to him as the glory to God man because of his high level of enthusiasm during services. Uh, he uh, he also. Grew his hair out in order to look like Jesus. Oh. Uh, uh, well, he's well. He's in Boston. He gets another hat making job, and he was he was known to stop working and sing and pray uh, at his coworkers whenever they use profanity in his presence. Uh, this is a running theme. He does this. In almost every job he has, mm. <laughs> uh, including in the army. Um, he is also working as a street preacher at this time. Uh, I assume trying to work his way onto the pro circuit. Yeah. Um, how Boston is this? Like, <laughs> does he uh, ever tell anybody, ask anybody how they like them apples? Is there ever a Martin Scorsese <laughs> picture like that takes me? Is, is, is that, that a Boston is- thing? Goodwill Hunting, oh my God. the yeah. Boston movie. What other Boston movies are there? The Town? Does John Hamm ever try to capture him after a bank robbery? Yeah. The Departed? No, I'd say oh, he, yeah, on, the on the scale, he's the he's on the Departed, sort of. The Departed, yeah. okay. End of the scale. I've only That's the only movie of those I've seen, so. Wow, Brian, we have got to have a Boston film marathon <laughs> that sounds, next time oh, I'm God, in That sounds awful. very unpleasant. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, love to watch a movie with you. The Departed's great, but once you've seen it, you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, 
If you show me Boondock Saints one and two again, I'm gonna. You better get ready for this. <laughs> so next you're gonna tell me there's a three <laughs> boondog saint zero you said it like you were just looking for it out of amazon like the box set or the criterion edition got it uh, at a great yeah, price I don't oh, indistinguishable between dismay and elation <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing it was disbelief i was i mean it's like you just I mean, whoa. <laughs> anyway. No idea. When we do our Boston Marathon, just... Oh, shouldn't call it that. Maybe. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, no. Get ready for a lot of Wahlberg. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so... Uh, so he's working a, as a street preacher in Boston uh, on July 16th, 1858, when uh, he is propositioned by two sex workers. Uh, and he is deeply disturbed by this, uh, as- assuming he's upset by profanity. He, uh can kind of see that. So he returns to his boarding house, uh, reads his Bible, specifically uh, Matthew... Uh, chapters 18 and 19 uh, if thy eye offends thee uh, pluck it out that's basically it uh, yeah the one that everybody always uses to justify violence yep. <laughs> that's the one so Corbett pretty good one yep <laughs> <laughs> pretty good tattoo that's a pretty oh, yeah, good tattoo if you see someone scripture. with that tattoo that's a person who's not tiring to have a conversation with at oh, all god oh. yeah it's right next to their uh like punisher skull and their <laughs> their blue stripe flag like you see that tattoo it's it's already too late it's oh, like yeah. oh you've gotten way too close how'd you get to see this tattoo <laughs> oh um so corbett uh, takes a pair of scissors and castrates himself. Wow. Yeah. Forgot. Forgot. Yeah. Uh, well, who has it? <laughs> For the only reason to actually castrate yourself. Yeah, really. Just forgot. Just the big man. He loves, he loves chocolate. He loves sticks. dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Aaron Ear says he's talking about that in circumcision. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, scandalous. So uh, Corbett, he so in this metaphor, his dick was the red eye that offended him. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Corbett eats a meal and goes to a prayer meeting before seeing a doctor. Um, Who's he trying to fool with that though? <laughs> I'm just eating. I don't feel anything. This is good spaghetti. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for the spaghetti, hon. Mm. <laughs> I don't feel anything. I mean, he, he's also not. I don't know if he's just eating with his dick now, on, like at the other end of the table. <laughs> Topping so. off your own dick, you know, makes you hungry. Wait, like, <laughs> is, are you suggesting there's like commercial? A plate of food in front of him, and then on the opposite side of the table, a plate of food in front yeah. of his dick. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's sort of what I was picturing. Dick. <laughs> a little napkin. So how was work? Light tucked. Um, anyway, uh, in 1861, after the Civil War breaks out, he enlists in the New York militia, where he's uh, constantly insubordinate. Uh, he condemns his superiors for their profanity. Um and he's eventually court-martialed and sentenced to be shot, uh, just because of just for telling people not to say fuck, like repeatedly, I guess, and being like repeatedly insubordinate. I like to say fuck as much as the next guy, but I'm not going to shoot somebody over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they used to handle PC culture, kids. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he, he be careful he, who you try to censor out. Yeah, there. he couldn't go around to college campuses because he was uh-huh. obviously visibly bleeding from where his dick should be. Uh, <laughs> the last was the last straw when he complained about baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> uh, his sentence is eventually reduced, uh, and he's discharged in 1863, uh, and he promptly reenlists with the New York Cavalry Regiment. Uh, and in June 1864, they're captured in Virginia, wow. and he spends 
five months in Andersonville, uh, a sort of notorious prison camp run by the Confederates. Um, so far, this man's mental health has been a stellar. Yeah. So I'm sure this stint in a POW camp. Yeah. Not just anyone, like but... notoriously the worst one uh, mm. of the war. Um, so he's released as part of an exchange five months later. Uh, and as he's released, he's treated for scurvy, malnutrition, and exposure. Um, and he later testifies in court against the camp commandant. Um, so... The thing he's most known for, uh, April 24th, 1865, uh, his regiment is sent in pursuit of John Wilkes Booth. Uh, and two days later, uh, the 26th, they surround Booth, Booth and David Harold in a barn on a Virginia tobacco farm. Uh, Edwin Stanton ordered uh, Booth to be captured alive. Uh, and the barn is set on fire in order to force him out. Um, and so, uh, Corbett is positioned, uh, near, like, a crack in the wall of the barn. And what happened next is disputed. Uh, according to Corbett, uh, he says, uh, he saw Booth pick up his rifle and aim it like he was getting ready to come out shooting. Uh, so Corbett shot him, uh... And, uh, sorry. So later the commander asks the S troops, you know, who, who defied orders, who shot him. And Corbett steps forward when he's asked why he says, uh, Providence directed me. Uh, and he is taken to the war department where secretary, uh, Edwin Stanton interviews him. He tells Stanton the same story and Stanton says, uh, quote, the rebel is dead. The patriot lives. He has spared the country the expense, continued excitement and trouble, discharged the patriot. Um, so Corbett is released to cheering crowds, uh, and he sort of gives this speech. Uh, and it starts with, would I cut my dick off with a pair of scissors? <laughs> uh, 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 I aimed at his body. I did not want to kill him. Uh, I think he stopped to pick up something just as I fired. That may probably account for his receiving his the ball in the head. Uh, when the assassin lay at my feet, uh, I saw the bullet had taken effect about an inch back of the ear. And I remembered that Mr. Lincoln was wounded about the same part of the head. I said, uh, what a God we have. God avenged Abraham Lincoln. Uh so he's then promptly uh, escorted to Matthew Brady's portrait studio for an official portrait. <laughs> uh, and uh, so witnesses sort of contradict what happened with Booth. Um, one of the officers says he never saw Corbett fire his gun. Uh, and his gun was lost and never inspected. Um, and the farm owners say they never saw Booth reach... For his gun, uh, but they're also they also own a farm in Virginia, so I don't I don't have any accurate information as to their sympathies. Um, yeah, I don't know. Were the farm owners in any way involved in the conspiracy? Was that the hideout they had prearranged? From what I understand, they that was not. They were just hiding there, uh, but okay. uh, could still be assholes. Um, Regardless, uh, Corbett is a, a hero to the public. One newspaper editor uh, says, quote, he'll live as one of the world's great Avengers. <laughs> uh, which would be actually great if he was in the new Avengers movie. <laughs> and his superpower, again, just showing villains his stump dick <laughs> and then being like, whoa, <laughs> did not see that coming. This is very unpleasant. Um I've got these infinity stones, but I ain't never seen nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your Thanos impression. <laughs> um, so uh, Corbett received a portion of the reward for finding Booth. Uh, he got $1,653.84, uh, which is the equivalent of $27,000 today. Uh, and... Just for perspective, his annual salary in the army 
was $204. So about like $3,000. So about nine years worth of salary for that. Um, He's discharged in 1864. After inflation, that's still an incredibly low salary. Yeah, that's... uh, I mean, also, the the cost... Yeah, I don't know. Cost of living was still much lower. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know financial terms. I don't know why I even started going down that road. Um, he's discharged in 1865. He moves between Boston, Connecticut, and New Jersey, but he can't hold a job uh, either as a as a hatter or a preacher. Um, so he decided to capitalize on his fame, and he went on a speaking tour as quote Lincoln's Avenger. Uh, he went to Sunday schools, women's groups, tent meetings, uh, and everywhere he spoke, he was never invited back <laughs> <laughs> because of his general unhinged manner. Um, according to a friend, he believed that higher ups in the government were trying to sabotage him. Uh, because he robbed them of the chance to prosecute Booth. Uh, that was his perspective. He also legitimately received hate mail from Confederate sympathizers. Uh, so at this point, he did uh, he did the thing that's apparently always been very easy for a person with obvious mental illness to do in America. He bought a gun. Um, mm. And he... Uh, he took to just brandishing it at, like, friends and strangers he thought were suspicious. Um, and he eventually moves to Concordia, Kansas, uh, and is appointed in January of 1887 assistant doorkeeper of the Kansas House of Representatives. Uh and he is eventually arrested for brandishing his pistol at lawmakers and chasing them from the chamber. Couldn't even get primary doorkeeper. No. That's... It was... I read somewhere uh, that they... And this is... If this is true, it is a very bad idea. Um, But I read somewhere that uh, they appointed him to that position because they knew he was crazy and wanted to keep him close. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Which, so it's sort of like the Joker, like, intentionally getting arrested sort of thing. Um, sorry. Uh, he's taken to the Topeka Asylum for the Insane uh, in that January. And then that May, he escapes on horseback. Um, he makes his way to the home of a fellow Andersonville inmate. Uh, Richard Thatcher in uh, Neodesha, Kansas. Uh, And he tells Thatcher that he's heading to Mexico. And this is the last known sighting of Boston Corbett. Uh, He, uh, many people seem to believe that instead of going to Mexico, he went to Hinckley, Minnesota, where he lived quietly in a cabin until dying in the Great Hankley Fire of 1894. Uh, they tend to believe this because there's someone listed among the dead named Thomas Corbett with the same mm. spelling of the last name. Um, but really, there's no other evidence of where he could have possibly gone. Um, Wait, is there a Hinckley who's also an assassin? Yeah, he, the guy who uh, shot Reagan. Yeah. Whoa! John. And then there's a Hinkley High connected. School in Colorado. <laughs> Don't know which one it's named for. Oh. <laughs> It'd be great if it was named for the dude who tried to shoot Reagan. Oh. <laughs> they exclusively teach Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> that wasn't even him. Yeah, that was, was Mark David Hinkley Chapman. Hinkley was obsessed with, yeah, Hinkley was obsessed with Jodie Foster. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. Um, a couple people came forward after he disappeared claiming to be uh, Boston Corbett and to try to claim his pension benefits. Uh, but they were proven to be frauds uh, and spent time in jail. And no one uh, no one knows exactly what happened to him. He's, I mean, we know he's dead. It was, 18, it was 1888. So, uh, but still, uh, no one knows where he went. He just disappeared. 
And that's the real history of Boston Corbett. Wow. Nice. Fascinating. Oh, by the way, I just remembered this while we were finishing up, and it's only semi-related. But it's a fun fact. <laughs> we'll allow it. John John Hinckley Jr., the guy who decided who tried to kill Reagan, was actually released from custody about 18 months ago and is just like living out in the world now. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that I think he like I think he lives with family or something. Oof. G- good on you. Good on you, John. <laughs> wow. Best wishes. Let's send him a card. Submit to our Patreon, <laughs> and if we raise $150, we'll send John Hinckley Jr. a card. I think for that that much money, we can send him, like, an edible arrangement or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him a, we'll get him a nice, nice gift send basket. send him whole cantaloupes. <laughs> Keep him busy. And it'll just say, hey, you tried. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know what? Fuck Reagan. <laughs> oh, goddammit. Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. But Janae, whenever you're ready. Okay, well, you know what? I feel like mine's going to be kind of brief because so much of that was close to the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have like a pretty official collection, uh, incomplete collection of Encyclopedia Britannicas. And that's where I find that the, the truth really lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't trust the internet. The internet gets it wrong sometimes, <laughs> but it's, it's locked into Encyclopedia Britannica. Like, you know, like it's legit. There's no one editing Encyclopedia Britannica from, like, the White House lobby whenever Ted Cruz grows a fucking beard. No. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, we don't need that. I don't know. It's only the important stuff's in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm-hmm. Nothing important has happened since the 90s, so. Yeah, yeah the lo- <laughs> So, thank God for that incomplete edition. So, um... Well, his story was fascinating. So much of that, uh, the story of uh, uh, Thomas H. The H is for Hussein. They left that out of the internet. <laughs> Thomas Hussein. Well, it seems inflammatory to mention it. <laughs> uh, and especially because, like, this would have been like a hundred years before Saddam Hussein was born. Right. There are a lot of Husseins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was, okay. It was. It was a different world back then. Yeah, there were a lot of Husseins. It was like a popular name for the time. (laughs) Middle name, especially. Everybody wanted an H in the middle. Uh, But Thomas Hussein Corbett, uh, he was was born in London. Uh, He was born to a performing family of actors. He was a child actor. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that connection will come back around later. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to note. Um, but he was a child actor, worked a lot uh, in the London theaters. And um, he's known most famously for being the guy who shot and killed the guy who shot and killed the guy who supposedly wrote the deck, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so he shot him uh, at a theater. Uh, well, I'm going to a more interesting part. So I'm jumping over to Wilkes Booth. Um, yeah. So he shot Wilkes Booth, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's famous for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know about his acting past. But uh, so uh, he but he um, wasn't supposed to shoot Wilkes Booth. He was supposed to bring Wilkes Booth back alive, but he went rogue. Uh, that's where the term rogue initially started, going rogue. <laughs> uh, it began with Thomas Hussein Corbett. I read that uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is a loose retelling of his life. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. If you pay attention, the signs are there. So that term initially. Like the scene where Tom Cruise cuts off his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, even uh, Star Wars Rogue One, loosely mm-hmm. based on the story of Thomas right. Hussein Corbett. Sure. Uh, and uh, he, some called him a patriot. Uh, or patriot vigilante is also a thing that's thrown around. Um, 
But you know, also the the photo of him. I want to go to that photo of him. Uh, that that it's he's got that part down the middle of his hair, and oh, I'm like, he is. That is a that is basically like wearing a sign that says hello. I'm yeah. not well. Yeah, no, just like has, that severe part down the middle of his hair. I was like, whoa, this guy is. He also has the uh, he has sort of a weird goatee thing going on. Um, he, yeah, he's he's not a pleasant man to look at. Uh, I'm sure his picture will be on our Instagram. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of terrifying looking. Uh, he so besides being a soldier, a Union soldier, he was also a Union soldier slash child actor. Uh, he was also um, a hatter. Talked about that. Uh, and uh, some say that perhaps uh, he was getting in. He was uh, had been exposed to a lot of um, what's it called nitrate. Uh, mercury nitrate. Mercury nitrate. And uh, he actually was. He was batshit crazy after being a hatter. <laughs> he 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 was he was certifiable. Uh, but that's just part of the job of being a hatter. He was actually a really good hatter. I'm jumping around <laughs> on the facts because you laid out so many of them so well. Um, I don't have to go through everything here. Yes, Alice in Wonderland was loosely based on his entire life he was both alice and the hatter some say it's originally called alice goes rogue i think (laughs) (laughs) alice goes rogue is uh yeah an alternate title that they have as well um corbett uh yeah inhaling fumes uh they said that he he also suffered from the hatter shakes which is a dance that he created as a child (laughs) actor in london so people just assume it's all related to the mercury but he came up with that precursor precursor to the harlem shake yes think, right? exactly yeah. harlem shake was loosely based on the hatter shake um, and then everyone posts videos of them doing it on twitter where they get it completely wrong right so. <laughs> the hatter shakes it, it uh it became quite popular in the 1880s uh, as well uh <laughs> so yes he was uh he was a dancer uh, he created the hatter shakes a lot of the kids are doing um Oh, so sometime after, I guess I didn't even write this down. I don't know when this comes in, but it doesn't matter which order it's in. Uh, also, his wife and child died. Did we talk mm-hmm. about that at all? He lost his mm-hmm. wife and child, along with huffing a lot of fumes. Uh, <laughs> this really, you know, sent him into a spiral. Uh, and he became, he joined the Methodist Episcopal Church. the the Which is the rock bottom of any downward spiral. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Take that, Methodist. Yeah. So uh, he joined the Methodist uh, Episcopal Church, and he was a very good minister. He was very good at it because uh, he was just crazy enough to believe it was real. <laughs> and that makes you a damn good Christian. Ask me how. I know. Um, he had so many nicknames along the way as well. Um, they called him, uh, they called him his, one of his nicknames, the glory to God man, mm-hmm. for the way that he so fervently believed and prayed. Uh, they also called him Gutter Gus because he ended up becoming quite the alcoholic after losing his wife uh, and child. So Gutter Gus and uh, some were even calling him Huff the Magic Dragon <laughs> because he was known to huff chemicals and uh puff the magic dragon is loosely based wow. on the life of thomas hussein so corbett based on it's it's in everyday life if you just pay attention a little bit his like influence the real the real little jackie paper did not uh did not turn out well for him <laughs> i don't know what, what is little jackie paper he's he's puff the magic dragon's little friend oh, is that? who always hangs out with him yeah oh okay I don't know it well enough, but uh, I'm just now learning about Thomas Hussein, so I guess so. <laughs> I'll go back. I'll go back and pick that up. Um, so uh, I know Bi- uh, Brian was saying that uh, he got into some trouble because he didn't like to hear people using profanity. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping around a bit. But actually, correction, uh, I read that he often used profanity in his prayers Oh, uh, because God uh, loves swear words you know he loves the passion of swear words he loves when you pray like a sailor Um, god loves a patty a potty mouth actually so uh and a patty mouth is an irish potty mouth (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so he was uh 
uh, he got into some trouble in uh, for using profanity in the military in his prayers. Uh, but his prayers worked, a lot of people said. Um, right. So uh, he he was he left the military. He ended up going back, but uh, he was on the street one day when he ran into those prostitutes. Uh, they actually worked for him. He was a street pimp. That was another side hustle he had. It was hard in those times to earn money, so you had There's to have quite the resume. This quite guy quite the resume is the gig economy, really. Like, <laughs> oh man, mm. oh god, street preacher. street preacher and street preacher slash pimp is mm. uh, uh, something we might have to bring back. We, we're living in the gig economy right now. It's not about street preacher, preacher pimp, street preacher <laughs> pimp, um, and yada yada yada. Castrated, castrated himself. Um, I wanted to skip over that part because when I read it, I was like, when he read the scripture, I was like, oh, but then he cuts off his own dick. And then I read for that. I was like, oh, and then he cuts off his own dick. (laughs) Oh, okay. Also going back, I think Street Preacher Pimp is basically Archbishop Don Magic Wan. (laughs) If we're going back to 90s references from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. So that's probably where he got it from. Street Preacher Pimp. I like that, uh, to use the old uh, sort of Seinfeld point of reference, your yada, yada, yada is self-castration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Who cares how he got there? That's crazy. Oh, and uh, they even mentioned that he, he took some scissors uh, to cut his dick off. They were very bad scissors, apparently, though. Mm. It took a little time. He worked pretty hard with those. They were left-handed scissors, and he had a really, <laughs> didn't right. get a good cut on those. Um, yeah, and he cut off his dick, then he sat around. What do I do now? Huh? Well, once you cut off your dick, I feel like your day is like has um Yeah. Your day is coming down, it's winding it's down like, now. It's too early for right. dinner, That's but the, I feel like You've peaked. You've peaked. <laughs> At whatever point in the evening you cut your dick off, you've peaked. Maybe I'll just put on Killing Eve and (laughs) (laughs) smoke a bowl. (laughs) My mother-in-law loves Killing Eve, by the way. She tried to push it on me so many times. And I was like, look, I don't have BBC channel. Okay, you have to stop. Unless you want to give me your passwords or something. But I did watch two episodes just so I could talk to her about it and be like, Lynn, guess who watched Killing Eve? Anywho, old white ladies love it. Um, So, yes. Scissors. Um, his eccentric behavior in the military got him into trouble at times. That was true. He got into a lot of trouble in the mi- military. Uh, he was known for flashing his castrated dick, his gnarled, mangled castrate. It's not like it was like surgically castrated no, or something. Surgical castration doesn't even mean cutting off your dick. Uh, but it was like totally gnarled. And he used to like to flash it at people other uh, military guys but he also liked to make hats for it because he was a hatter like never forget that his he's very skilled at hatting yeah follow your bliss follow your bliss you know take something you love and see how you can harass people with it uh but he used to make little hats for his dick little make his dick into little characters like you remember he was a child actor in the london theater so he used to do little puppet shows with his gnarled dick just switching out (laughs) hats I think I read uh, another thing that was loosely based on him was uh, Jeff Dunham. Uh, he was a ventriloquist. Damn it. Yeah, I read that. Zach, I'm stealing. <laughs> He's a dick ventriloquist. Uh, no one could ever see his mouth moving because they were just transfixed on his, on his dick. Couldn't stop looking at it. Um, but he made hats out of little bits of... Um, Things, you know, he would find around toenails, dead skin, hair clippings. <laughs> so much human remains that he would find around. It's like know? a true detective level of bat making. <laughs> uh, like, his house is like the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre house. A lot point. of people think that's based on the life of Ed Gein, actually based on Thomas, Thomas Hussein. Hussein. <laughs> People need to get into well, If we can figure out how American graffiti plays into this or something, we'll <laughs> That's why one of the one of the character one of the guy in the remake, I think Leatherface's real name was Thomas Hewitt. Oh Thomas Hussein. Well. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. Yep. 
It's all connected. You picked a good one. This guy is like deeply woven throughout like the fabric of American culture. Pop culture, yeah. It's amazing. Um, He was court-martialed, sentenced to be shot, but uh, his sentence was reduced to just a couple of stabbings. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little couple of I was like, how do you reduce the sentence? Your sentence is to be shot, but it's reduced. (laughs) It's going to stab you a couple times. (laughs) I love that. Without mortally wounding you. A couple loose stabbings. And then he was discharged in 1863. Um, uh, Okay, so then he re-upped. He was discharged and he re-upped and went right back into the military a month later. (laughs) Come on, take a break. His dick was still bleeding <laughs> at this point. He, I mean, the wounds weren't, they get snagged, they get caught on things, and oh, then it bleeds again. Yeah, yeah. But that was part of, you know, every time, it, there were prostitutes out there, so, you know, he needed to remind himself of that pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, just walk too close to a table edge a little bit. <sighs> uh, I'm going to jump ahead, jump ahead to the thing that he's famous for, for having an affair with John Wilkes Booth. Uh, oh, right. So this is how he was able to actually find him, because you know they were on the hunt for John Wilkes Booth for, uh, I don't know, a little bit, a little while. He was hiding out, and his whole band of actor murderers were hanging out together. Uh, and um, But he was having an affair with John Wilkes Booth. They had done some theater acting in mm-hmm. the past and had already had a relationship, and he felt like he should be the one to kill Wilkes Booth as his beloved um so they they had a pre-existing relationship it wasn't like a honeypot situation no no oh is that what honeypot means okay i think so yeah it's when you use sex to like entrap somebody for information or to take them hostage or something oh okay or is it you benefit from having i don't know i don't i'm learning things Young Zach will teach us. Uh, but yeah, he already had a relationship through theater. So he already knew him. He already knew where to find him. Um, and he had this affair going on, this mad affair with John Wilkes Booth. And then when it came down to it and they found John Wilkes Booth in that barn, Thomas Hussein was actually there. He just snuck out the side and lit it on fire and pretended that he wasn't there. And then he ended up shooting Wilkes Booth because he really needed Wilkes Booth to keep his secret. I mean, this it gets pretty dark. Um he needed Wilkes Booth to keep his secret, so he uh, burned him alive. And uh, they say that they that he never really fired off a shot. He didn't need to. He burned Wilkes Booth alive. It's terrible. Um, he let the barn on fire. And then, um, so then after the killing, he uh, he admitted to the killing and took the credit. He didn't admit to it. He took the credit. He tried to make himself popular, which he did make himself popular. Uh, and he had a lot of fans. And you, you read that statement. Where did mm-hmm. my thing go? You read that statement that he gave to the fans before, which is actually the start of a play he was writing, a <laughs> musical. Uh, it actually, the statement goes, you have the snap of a I aimed at his body. I did not want to kill him. I think he stopped to pick up something just as I fired. That may probably account for his receiving ball in the head. I am not giving away my shot. I am not giving away my... So actually, a lot of people don't know this, but Hamilton, the musical, was based on the words of Thomas Hussein Corbett. Um, wow. It wasn't based on Alexander Hamilton at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are so many common misconceptions. Yeah, history echoes. It, that's the thing. I <laughs> think in the writing of Hamilton, uh, which was, should have been called Boston Corbett, uh, mm-hmm. I think that it's hard to make Boston seem like a good person. So it was easier to go with Hamilton. I'm, I'm also just picturing the Hamilton logo, but the silhouette is holding up a <laughs> pair of scissors or a dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> All the white pants are stained. <laughs> Scissors. It was really a story. That's what Lin Manuel was originally writing. Uh, Lin Manuel, you can read that. He said that he was totally inspired by the story of uh, Thomas Hussein. Um, and also, his time in the mental institution was uh, the inspiration for One Flew Over a, a Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. Uh, mm. He's just, just everywhere. Um, uh, also, um, also, he was Puerto Rican. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. 
Let's just <laughs> throw that just one out of your head. <laughs> Doesn't really re- read into the story that much. Founding <laughs> fathers, a lot yeah. of them. A lot of them were people didn't know that. That's a part of history that we totally leave out, but they do not leave it out in Encyclopedia Britannica. And um, he's currently living on a farm in on a horse farm in Montana, uh, happily. Oh, God. This day, till this day. Just like, cool, he calmed down. Tired, basically, a little bit. Chilled out. <laughs> Does he ever just like hear hear a whisper on the wind and, and, and miss his dick ever? Or just like. Or possibly like some teen's car breaks down at his estate and he has to kill them with a hammer and eat them. <laughs> he just makes everybody. He just. I heard all he wants is a little credit for Hamilton. But. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's an yeah. old man now, so he's like, eh, or not. So Lin-Manuel did In the Heights, though. That was all him. Like, Yeah, that was all him. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton, based on the story of uh, Thomas Hussein, Boston, the God uh, Gusher. Uh, <laughs> the God Gusher. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Corbett. Yeah, see that. See that on your scrambled TV. The God. No, the God gusher. The, the Moanic soundtrack was John Hinckley Jr. Mostly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, Mary Poppins Returns are... was uh, Mark David Chapman. Yeah, these are all theater guys. Come on. <laughs> Janae, thank you. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for uh, your history. I just add ours together, squish them together. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. Uh, Before we move on, uh, listeners, uh, just want to remind you that if you ever want to write us a letter or ask us a question, you can do that at revisionistpodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, Check us out. We're also a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network, along with uh, Voice of Montbello, which is a fantastic show. Put together by the staff and students of the former Montbello High School. Uh, they do interviews with each other. With uh, They interviewed the now former Denver chief of police, uh, mayoral candidates, city council candidates. Um, and it's a really great show. Check it out. Voice of Montbello uh, on the Denver Podcast Network. Uh, so, Janae, the night this comes out, January 26th. Uh, Pussy Bros is... It's your birthday! It's my it's your birthday. birthday! It's my birthday! Yay! <laughs> it's a me, Janae's a birthday! Manja! <laughs> my birthday's Italian. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pussy Bros is doing an album recording. Yes. Uh, Pussy Bros record an album at Black Buzzard uh, downtown at Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues is a bar and grill Black Buzzard is their performance space. It's a lovely space. I hope lots of people come out. It'd be great if we could record an album with actual laughter. <laughs> Don't make us pipe in that laughter later, because we will if we have to. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, people always say like, uh, you, when are you going to record an album? You should record. Not like it's like I'm special, but just as a comic. When are you going to dump some of that material, basically, they, they're <clears> saying. And I'm not even going to do that. <laughs> um, but we could all use some... Um, good quality recordings of ourselves. Rachel's moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to include Jordan Waliba's album as oh, awesome. part of our album. I think we're all doing like 30 or something like that. Um, but yeah, so hopefully it'll be good. Um, I'll tell my same old dick jokes to my friends and hopefully they'll fake laugh just so the album sounds good. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's but, how album recordings work. But then we're also, uh, DJ Aaron Stereo is spinning. So I hope people hang on and dance. Is Jen dance? Do you dance? Oh, uh, we hatter shakes. We enjoy. We'll, Long I'll try to learn the hatter shake. Hatter shake. <laughs> yeah, come and dance for my birthday. I, yeah. I'm gonna try to get a Costco cake. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm a real lowbrow girl, real fucking working class chick. Love me some Costco cake. February 22nd, though, I'm going to headline Lucha Libre and Laughs, which is why I love amateur wrestlers. <laughs> if they're listening, you hear that, amateur wrestlers? Uh. <laughs> Answer, answer our, answer our genuine wrestling questions earlier. <laughs> Leave a review, amateur wrestlers. <laughs> a positive one, oh, please. Yeah, do, yeah, do that, please. <laughs> or if you're not one of those, just leave a review. We don't say we say that. Semi pro, you guys were semi pro. Mm-hmm. Okay, me yeah. too. 
Just like body slam someone, then leave a review saying you're an amateur wrestler. So you can do it in good, in good conscience. <laughs> um, and then also you're a, you host uh, Shit Talk Tours Oh yeah, at the MCA. MCA. So we have um, – Christy's going to be doing it on January 27th, but then we have a – there's a new exhibit coming. Oh, and I'm doing the 27th as well in the morning. Yeah, and then there's a new exhibit coming in February, so they invited us to come back. They like it. Hell yeah. They like us talking shit about the art. It's like what I was born to do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Zach- come Tuesdays to my mic. You come sometimes. Yes. Uh, it's a great mic uh, at the Black Buzzard in uh, just underneath Oscar Blues. Uh, check that out. Uh, it's always a good time. And having audience members at open mics is always welcome. Yeah. I, first week, I got all kind of audience. No, Were you there the first week, January 1st? Uh, oh, first week of this year. Yeah. No. Very low turnout on comics. I got like eight comics. It was freezing cold. And then people kept coming in. I kept having so many, so much audience. I was like, really? Oh my God, I have no comics. Oh man. That was weird. That sucked. That sucked. Also, I I guess people were just like out on the town maybe. Yeah. It was, people were, people were out. It was just really cold and people wanted to be inside and that's a great little, anyway, come to my mic, be at my mic or watch my mic. Either one. Mm -hmm. Um, Zach, you and Shannon are, uh, you have an episode of Predict-A-Cast that is probably uh, available. Should be out by the time this is released, yes. Mm-hmm. So go check out Predict-A-Cast, the podcast where you watch 10 minutes of a movie, you predict what's going to happen, <laughs> and then you finish the movie and record a second episode seeing which of your predictions came oh true. Oh my god. We, uh, we watched the movie Au Pair 3. Adventures in Paradise. Oh God, is that so, sounds, sounds like a porno? Sounds like it was it scrambled screen yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Did you have to? Uh, about a third of it was scrambled. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so God damn it! Yeah, that should be available now. And that podcast is usually hosted by the guy who did the art for this podcast, Josh Hollis, friend of this show. Did our did our cover mm-hmm. art. So thanks for letting us guest Josh. Yes, indeed. Um, as for me, uh. The next Queen City Companion is going to be February 7th, uh, the all-fall storytelling show I co-host with Jen Colick um, at Mutiny Information Cafe. That'll be at 8 o'clock. Um, sorry. Um, and then my other show, Know Your Shit, uh, still looking for a new home, but will be back. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but... Zach, I believe uh, you are in the role of judge this episode, and it's fitting because yeah. I can no longer see your face or anything about uh, you. Yeah, it's grown dark here in uh, Chicagoland. But um, also, Chicagoland is a thing I've never gotten used to. Chicago's like the only town where they have a land suffix. Mm-hmm. There's no New York land or Denver land, mm. but for some reason, there's a fucking Chicagoland, and I don't understand it. That's unrelated. Um, regardless, uh, since it's my turn to judge, this is one of those weeks where there's two factors that are inclining me a certain way. One, today gave a, uh, alternate history that's kind of, a kind of fills out the gaps in the real history without necessarily undoing it, which always is a, a helpful key in, in making a choice. And second, I'm not going to vote. I guess today on her birthday. <laughs> thank you. That's important to me. And thank yeah. you for recognizing yeah. that. So uh, happy birthday vote mm-hmm. for the alternate history this time from me. Of course. Uh, All right. No, uh, well-deserved. I will mention, uh, and it sounds petty to say it now. My birthday is four days after this is released. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, fuck, stop trying to get fucking birthday gifts. You know what? Like your birthday guilting, it's not going to work. So here, listeners, okay? if you want to send me a birthday gift, uh, you can send me gift cards through the revisionist website. Oh, man, I think send him a gift basket that says you, you tried. You should have seen uh, Brian at 51st jokes. You know, we have to make like these sashes, oh, like Miss America style sashes. He wrote his, he wrote Venmo at Brian Flynn on his. It was like, <laughs> genius. Oh, genius. man. That was, I wish that could have been my first joke of the year because that, was, that was. was like my solid. It was. It was great. 
Uh, I was disappointed in myself. I was like, oh, it was a joke opportunity. It's always an opportunity for a joke. <laughs> always, always. Never stop trying to make the joke. Of course, it's an unending machine of jokes until uh, until it's not. Mm. Until the well dries up. Oh, God. Until death, until death. Until death yeah. claims us all. And then you can write one on your grave. <laughs> I already have one ready, yeah. You can write your Venmo on your fucking tombstone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, with, with, like, uh, you can take it with you and, like, a winking face <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for everyone here at The Revisionists, uh, thank you, Janae. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you. Of course. Uh, thank you, Zach. Yep. Uh, Always fun. Sorry. Uh, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Brian, I'm sorry for Brian's raspy voice. He just took a huge hit. Yeah, just off of a bong. Took a sweet rip off this nice bong I got right here. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, in which I smoke marijuana <laughs> and marijuana accessories. Well, you know what that means, Brian? I think that means tonight you're going to have a good time. Have a good time, listeners. Uh, oh, God.